0: Welcome to Benefits, what, like it's hard? The podcast that breaks down the truths and misconceptions about all things benefits. Not only do we talk about what you should know about the benefits offered to you through your employer, but we also tackle topics on physical and financial wellness. I mean, come on, what more could you want from a podcast? Join me, Libby Allison, each week to hear from people just like you sharing their own experiences and experts giving us the inside scoop on the information we need to be successful. Hi everyone, this is Raquel Keene, Health Management Director. And today I have with me Amanda Hall. She is our education and engagement manager at Heran, and she's also a certified financial educator. And I'm sure you recognize her because she's been on the podcast a number of times. And so this is really exciting for us because we're gonna do a mashup. Uh, I'm gonna be interviewing her. To get her take on holiday budgeting, which is right around the corner, not to scare anyone. I actually have a countdown on my phone. I will tell you all right now. We are down to the wire 53 days to Christmas, <laughs> in case you were wondering. <laughs> so you have 53 days left. Yes, 50, 53 if, days. If you're celebrating Christmas. Yes, if you're celebrating Christmas or just the holidays in general, we're approaching the season for it. So, really good time for us to be talking today. Amanda, thank you so much. Welcome back. Um, Today's conversation is around holiday budgeting. So I'm just going to go ahead and dive right in. First question I have for you on this topic is what makes holiday budgeting any different than any other day budgeting?
1: Yeah, so I think the temptation to spend is greater around the holidays and it's more challenging to stay on track. Um, I'm sure everyone knows this, but retailers spend billions of dollars all year long to encourage you to spend more of your money at their stores, but extra effort is put into increasing their sales during the fourth quarter, and that's our holiday season. Um, There's also some extra psychology at play for most of us around the holidays, so we just have to be a lot more diligent. So I think that's
0: why it's a little bit more different than just your everyday average budgeting. That's interesting that you talk about psychology. I'm curious to know more about that and what you mean about, you know, having a play on psychology and, and wanting us to pay attention there.
1: Yeah. So I, I got my um, bachelor's degree in psychology. And so I always love to tie psychology back to investing in finance because it's just amazing the way that our minds work. Um, and there's actually some really interesting psychological principles that impact our decisions and impulsivity when it comes to shopping and spending and even just the value that we place on things. Um, so for instance, have you ever heard of price anchoring?
0: No, have you I haven't No.
1: Okay. So price anchoring is a psychological principle slash like marketing strategy. Um, basically it's, it's showing a higher price first, and then exposing you to a second lower price to make you think you're getting a deal. So just as an example, if you see on a, you look at a price tag on something and it says retail price, $200 and it's marked down and advertised for hundred dollars, you're not thinking hundred dollars. That's a lot of money. You're thinking, wow, that's 50% off. That's a steal. And so that's price anchoring. It's tricking your brain to see value the way that the retailer wants you to see it versus how you would place value on it. I don't like to buy things that are hundred dollars, <laughs> but if I think it was $200 originally, I, I, I'm valuing it differently. Um, really great example of this uh, is when Apple originally released the first iPad. I don't know if you remember that.
0: Do you remember all it? Is, like, time like
1: I know. <laughs> I'm getting old. Um, so so Steve Jobs was up on stage and on the screen behind him, you see just a thousand, a thousand dollars across the, the projector screen. And even in the weeks leading up to the the announcement or the release date or whatever, um, news yeah. outlets speculated that the price was gonna be a thousand dollars. Like everybody kept seeing a thousand dollars come up in like news articles and magazines and all this different stuff, right? And so Steve Jobs is standing up there and he's going through this entire presentation and everyone is just assuming that this new technology is going to cost $1,000. And then he gets to the end of the presentation and he switches the screen and reveals the price to be $4.99. And everyone goes crazy. Like they were attending like the most intense like Super Bowl game and just like the greatest touchdown ever was scored, Right. Right. And people who weren't even considering buying an iPad all of a sudden had to have it because it was such a good deal in their minds. It was only 499 and 9,000. And I mean, who could pass up 50% off on something like that, right? But the reality was that it was never $1,000 to begin with. It was not on sale for 499. That was the full retail price out of the gate. That's the value Apple signed to it. But they made everyone else see that as a bargain because with price anchoring, our brains are conditioned to see that differently. So $4.99 is a bargain when it's anchored to the price
0: originally of 1000 So in terms of psychology, what you're bringing up is that we need to be aware of price anchoring when we're shopping and really ask the question and pause And in terms of our budget, how much we want to spend, and not equate it to an instant savings that we might naturally assume because of this concept.
1: Yeah. So yes. And there's a couple other things that play with that too. Right. So uh, loss aversion, another psychological principle, it's, a sen- it's essentially a fancy way of saying FOMO, fear of missing out. Um, it's all about creating like a sense of urgency. And so companies use this illusion of scarcity. They use this illusion of, um, this is your only chance. You're not going to see this deal again, that kind of stuff to really make us become more impulsive when it comes to spending and buying. Um, you know, you think of that advertisements that you see all year long that advertise as the, this is the biggest sale of the year. Get it now while you can 70% off 80%, all this stuff. Most retailers have hundreds of sales throughout the year. Um, and so it's, it's just all about creating this sense of urgency and this impulsivity. And then they use strategies like price anchoring to make you think that you're getting a better deal than you would otherwise. Um, and it's not to say that things aren't discounted, right? If the original retail price actually was $1,000 and it's 50% off now, and this is something you already said, hey, I need this, I want this, you plan for it and you budgeted for it, getting it for 50% off is great. It's the impulse of buys that really trip people up. It's when you see things that seem like there's a lot of value there. So you feel pressure to purchase it. So you're not missing out when it's really something that wasn't even on your list and you didn't really need to begin with. Right.
0: I'm definitely (laughs) guilty of this. We're all guilty of this. it's, It's definitely, I try to pay attention to it because i think it's it's a good point you bring up is the intention so if you're going in shopping and you're intending to buy a birthday present and it's a good deal and you're like score like this is perfect i came to the store to shop for a birthday present and i'm getting a big deal on it and you have the money and you're ready but it's when you're going to the store and then all of these other distractions of sales and gimmicks and discounts and one time only they get you. And then now you're spending more than you intended to. And and that's where you can start to get down the swirly path of mismanaging your your finances.
1: Yeah. And um, around the holidays, retailers take extra advantage of us um, because they plan our sentimentality. We are about that time of year. So, you know, the stores are just decked out in all this decor, right? really pretty and fancy signage. They're still advertising their deals, right? Everything, you know, so much off or whatever. Um, but they're also pushing a lot of products that are specific to time, certain timeframes of the year. So how often have you gotten duped into buying a cute Christmas mug? Mm-hmm. I have a hundred coffee mugs at home. I drink out of the same four pretty much all year long mm-hmm. on rotation. But... They trick you with stuff like that because you think, oh, it's cute and it's on sale. And that's the caveat. Yeah. And I've never once put, hey, we need a new coffee mug on a a shopping list. Right. That's one of those things that it's a, I want it because it's cute and it says it's on sale, that kind of thing. And so that's where I think a lot of people get tripped up this time of year. They're purchasing things that are a little bit more seasonal that they're not going to get a lot of use out of Um, potentially even things that are just gimmick gifts Mm -hmm. that nobody ever utilizes and it ends up in the garbage. So things like that can really derail budgets this time of year.
0: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Uh, The other thing I see too is where they say you can get this item like at the perfume counter, but if you pay a little bit more, you can get a bigger purchase. We see a lot of those holiday bundle guests yes. that come out this time of year as
1: well. Uh-huh. And there's a, a lot of that going on. Online shopping has made that actually worse because um, you go add things to your cart now and Amazon Prime has, has spoiled all of us. We are all now conditioned to expect free shipping. And so if a store is saying all orders over $50, it's free shipping, but you only needed one thing for this. And let's say that thing is $35. Well, now you got to pay $5.99 for shipping plus a $35 item. But if you just add one more item to your cart at $15 or $20 or whatever it ends up being, now you're getting the free shipping, but you have bought an item that you never needed in the first place most of the time, right? Uh-huh. It was something that you were pressured into purchasing in order to get what seemed like a better deal, when in reality, you spent more money than you would have. How'd
0: you just pay for the shipping? Yep. That is definitely something <laughs> I've done a hundred percent. All the time. To justify like I get free shipping. If I get one more item, let me go back and find something else I need. So, you know, this definitely takes us to getting into some practical advice around what can shoppers do this holiday season differently to help stay within their budget.
1: Yeah, so I, I talked about some of these strategies and I think just being aware of what um, retailers and corporations are are doing, how they're manipulating your environment and using psychology against you, using um, our sentimental natures against us. Um, they even play our own morals against us. Uh, We didn't get into it too much, but greenwashing is another really big strategy that companies use to try to make people purchase their products over their competitors. There's just It's all kind of stacked against you. I think if you're just aware of it happening, aware of what's going on, it makes it that much easier to identify when you're out shopping and you can avoid falling into those traps. So when you pass the dollar section, when you walk through the front door of a store, there's a lot of um, there's strong desires to actually go into that section to say, Hey, what's here? What, what could I maybe need? Avoid that section, stick to your list, that kind of thing.
0: Uh
1: So I think knowing just what they're trying to do, how they're trying to trick you into spending more of your money with them um, just helps you avoid it. I would suggest um, that you research and decide on your gifts in advance I know some people are are the window shoppers. Like they like to go out shopping to kind of get inspiration for what they want to buy for people, and that's absolutely fine. Definitely keep doing that if you need that kind of inspiration. But I would suggest have a day where you go out window shopping, take a notepad with you, or pull up your phone and in the note section write down your ideas, the inspiration that you're getting for each of the people on your list. But don't buy anything that day. So get all your inspiration, go back home. And then I want you to research those gifts online because while you might have seen it in this retailer, it might be actually on sale somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You could get it for a better deal or you could find an alternative brand that you like more that it may costs cost less. Um, you want to be a, a, a a strategic and a powerful consumer. So a lot of that always comes down to researching your purchases in advance um, and then sticking with your your designated budget. Um, So having a shopping list every time you go out and sticking to it is going to be really key. Um, If you research these gifts in advance, you should know approximately how much money each item is going to cost. Um, and this can go with like holiday decor as well or grocery items if you're doing if you're doing like a party You can look at pricing and all that stuff in advance and have an idea of What you can add or remove from your list to make sure you're staying within that budget um, Something else that is helpful for some people um, you heard of the envelope trick I, have. I feel like yes. most people have at this point. I think this is um, a strategy that Dave Ramsey pushed pretty heavily with his program. Um, his like just overall financial wellness program, but it's a really simple one to use around the holidays, as far as like um, designating specific dollars to certain people's gifts or decor, what, what have you. Um, but you just essentially you take cash and you could make an envelope with each person's name on it. And you say for little Susie, we're going to spend $50 for my husband. I'm going to spend hundred dollars for my coworker. I'm going to spend $10 and you just put that exact amount of money in there according to your budget. And so when you do go shopping, you can only spend what's in that envelope on that person. So if the gift that you intended to get for that person originally is over what you've budgeted, you don't just buy it. You rethink your gift.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Cause that puts some safeguards in place and it's, I think that's also the difference. And I like that because it's using actual dollar bills in that example, which I think is very powerful because we're so accustomed to just swiping our card. And now it's not even that. Now we just put our phone up to the machine (laughs) and we don't even see our cards anymore. They've just disappeared. So it's just, we're becoming more and more detached from our money and understanding truly this dollar amount is coming out of our account and the impact that has when you're actually using $10 bills, $20 bills to pay for things It really forces you to be very mindful of that. Yeah, we've over over time technology has kind of skewed our perception
1: of cost and value. And so yeah, having having cash in hand does kind of bring you back to what it what you're true the value you're truly facing on it. Also, like you said, it's a convenience factor, right? If you're swiping, it's just easier. Again, retailers, corporations, they put a lot of money into making your shopping experience seamless, easy, convenient, in and out. When a, a confused buyer is not a great buyer because you're going to stop and, and think and take time to like really process it. So they try to make everything as simple as possible so that you can get in and get out and spend as much money as possible in the, in the shortest
0: amount of time. Really, really fascinating. Any last words of wisdom? I mean, all of this has been so good. And I think it's things that when we when we stop and think about it, these are all practical um, ways that we could apply them with the season of the holidays coming up, but also just in our day-to-day life. And we recognize how to be a savvy consumer, how to be empowered, as you said it, thinking about creating a list before we go shopping and the intentions behind what we're purchasing, doing the research, like all of these are really practical advice. Is there any last comments you want to leave us with as we wrap up?
1: Yeah. So, um, I'm, I am a bit of an environmentalist. I like to try to reduce mine and my family's impacts on the planet. And I, you know, also I lead the green team here at Haran, and that's a mission of mine here at work and reducing our companies, in fact. Um, and so when I'm thinking about things that I want to buy for people myself, I've try to keep that in perspective as well. I think about all the gifts that I got last year and I think what what did I use? What did I actually use? Which which was purposeful, which was useful which I got value out of throughout the year and what are the gifts that I got for other people that they found valuable, that they actually used, that didn't just end up in a landfill in you know, three to six months when they break or they're no longer useful. So when I'm making my gift list for people, I try to think of things that are personal to them, but also practical so that it's something that they're going to value and get use out of. Um, I also try to avoid the little trinkety type junk that we all know for a fact is going to end up in a landfill and being more environmentally conscious actually reduces my spending Mm -hmm. because I'm not as wasteful about what I'm purchasing. There's more purpose to it. And, um, there is a video I watched. It's called the story of stuff. Um, It talks about how our cultures evolved to kind of a nation of consumers and the impact that our consumerism has had on several different areas of our life, as well as our health. Um, And one of the biggest takeaways for me from this video was this statistic that 99% of the stuff that we harvest, mine, process, transport, and consume is actually trash within six months. So only 1% of the materials used to produce consumer goods, including the goods themselves, are still used six months after the date of sale. Wow, that is powerful. If you, <laughs> guys, if you guys are interested in this kind of stuff, it's, it's a relatively short video out there. It has some really good um, data and some really interesting perspectives. Uh, it's called the story of stuff and you can Google it and it's like, there's a whole website. Dedicated to it as well. Wow,
0: <laughs> that is incredible. No, I think that definitely puts things perspective. One last thing that I do on the same topic is I've really made a concerted effort when I go out shopping is to bring my own tote bag. Yeah, with, uh, it's a small, oh, makes small you so <laughs> thing you can do. Yes, but it really makes a difference. And again, I don't need all the plastic bags. It's easier for me. I can put more things in it. It's more compact. When i'm going up the stairs and i just think we should all be doing that and eventually I, I think we'll be pushing towards that um but yes just something small but simple bring your own bags to you load your your um, purchases in and groceries in and it makes a big difference and it's just easy and, and convenient you just keep them with you in your car so that's what i do and make my small impact. But if we all do a little bit, it makes a world of a difference. So thank you so much, Amanda, for letting me interview you today on holiday shopping and budgeting tips. This has been really, really great. Uh, Appreciate all of our listeners for tuning in as well. And we will be with you soon with a new topic. And if we don't talk to you before then, happy holidays and cheers to the new year. Bye, everyone. Please remember that this podcast was strictly for educational purposes only and should not be considered a solicitation, um, nor should you take it as tax or legal advice. Also, you can find more educational resources available on our Twitter and Instagram, so be sure to follow us at Haran 1948 and if you could subscribe to our podcast, we would love that also, and you'll get notified whenever we have new episodes. Thanks for listening.
1: See you next time.